Hi, this is New Spiritual York, a podcast about spirituality in New York City. This is Michelle and... Hi guys, this is your Amy. Well, hello there. So today we have a great topic today that we'd like to discuss. It's called Tough and the City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is this about? Well, we're going to be talking about um, how do we navigate being tough in the city with the stigma of being vulnerable or being too soft or... Yeah. And I think as New Yorkers, we always have a wall up. So this is, I mean, not just timely, but I think we all have to talk about the fact that everybody, everywhere I go, people are like, are New Yorkers mean? And I'm like, we're not mean. We're just like very honest and real. And I think there's ways of approaching kind of the tough guy. I don't allow anybody to approach me. I have a wall up in the subway and, Mm -hmm. you know. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck fuck with me. (laughs) I think you can balance that with loving boundaries in a way that you don't take that into your relationships, into your life. Um, And you don't always have a wall up because it's so easy for us to act one way when we're, you know, facing, you know, either act one Mm -hmm. way at work or act one way when you're walking down the street. And for that to like slip through and now become a part of your entire life. And that's how you act with your Mm -hmm. loved ones. Um, Yeah, it's, I think also because being in New York City, you're dealing with so many people and you are constantly, you're on the subway, you're down the street. You don't want to interact with everybody. And also depending on what area of New York City you're in, I mean, depending on where you grew up from, I know in my area, it's like... Wait, Michelle, where are you from? I'm from the Bronx. Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just, you know, sometimes you have to walk with... Well, at least when I was younger, I had to walk around with... uh, I thought in my head that I had to walk around with a certain look on my face or a certain way to the... uh, Yeah, I'm Just an aura. Because I felt like, well, you don't want to get attacked or you don't want to get not saying that the Bronx is like that or picked or picked on exactly yes exactly you touched on the perfect thing yeah you don't want to be picked on every New York City kid who grew up here knows that if you start looking like a herb which is what we call (laughs) it here you can get herbed on which is essentially for folks not from New York it's like you know, get picked on Mm. um, as somebody who's weak and, you know, will allow someone to step on their sneakers. And that's it. You're the guy who everybody steps on their sneakers now if you allow it one time. I mean, that's bullying. That is bullying. And we, Uh, I mean, bullying exists and it's such a real part of our society that we have to talk about. But I think, you know, with New Yorkers, like one, if you grew up here having to deal with a lot of kids and then just living here now mm-hmm. as an adult having to deal with a lot of big kids, yeah, <laughs> like that in itself um, kind of uh, makes you create a wall just like you as a kid. Yeah, in I the think Bronx. also too, like if, a lo- if your parents are not, I don't know, I grew up where it was like, oh, if somebody hits you, you hit them back, or somebody pushes you, you push them back, or you don't let nobody pick on you. Like, that was always ingrained in my head, like, don't let anybody pick on you. But it worked the opposite way, because I was like, oh, well, I don't want people to pick on me, so I'm going to pick on them first. Yeah. Um, And it's terrible for me to even say that, like, makes me feel bad that that's what I used to do when I was younger, because I was putting up a wall. I was like, well, if I'm the mean one first, nobody can, is going to be mean to me, because mm-hmm. I'm already mean. Uh, I still had friends, but it was like more... <laughs> It's more so the outsiders. So I think that, and it still goes on too. Like you see, like if you're walking down the street and you, 
let's say for instance a group of guys or somebody and you just don't want people like interact with you whatsoever. I don't want dudes talking to me like... you just like put a fake <laughs> bitch face on you're like keep it moving I don't need this shit like I don't want to make I... or assuming that they're automatically going to like catcall you yeah which is not always the case and it also like when I travel it shows up so much because every like girlfriend that I have from another city is like so open to engaging in conversation at a bar <laughs> and I'm naturally like don't fucking talk to like, me what do you want yeah I what do you drink <laughs> take your fucking drink elsewhere yeah <laughs> I don't want your drink I can afford a drink yeah, I don't want to I don't, I don't want a shitty only- yeah mm-hmm. I don't want a shitty 30 minute conversation with you because you bought me a drink and you know there's I think there's a better way to go about that and but that, that was my mm-hmm. that was like me for a long time it's like yeah New York City guard up and also like it's kind of delusional too because not everybody is out here trying to take something from you and I think also because there's so many people here I've always felt like I need to keep my guard I'm on the subway I gotta check my bags I gotta check Mm. my pockets oh somebody's walking behind me I gotta see what's up like I ain't trying to have somebody cross the street with Mm -hmm. me like you know things like that that I'm so used to now which are all really good things to have being street smart Street smart. Yeah, you could definitely be street smart without being having your wall up and without this tough guy facade. Yeah. Tough woman facade. Tough woman. Tough guy, tough gal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, so for me, I've really, really, really tried to focus on the fact that we're all having one. the same yes. one. We're all having uh. the same experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, although I may you know, be walking on the street wanting to connect with someone, I have to sometimes remember, okay, not everybody is wants to connect with wants you. Wants to connect. Yeah. Not everybody, you know, sometimes people have their mask up and we wear a lot of masks, I think. And I mm-hmm. think as we grow older, when we mature more spiritually, the masks start to drop mm-hmm. and we become our most authentic selves. It obviously takes work and takes kind of, you know, listening to podcasts like this and reading and meditating and mm-hmm. then whatever spiritual work you find yours. But um it's about connecting to our, our authentic selves and seeing others in that way. Mm-hmm. And that comes, but however, that comes with the stigma, right? So the stigma yeah. of vulnerability. Yeah. So the feeling of you have to be, that to be vulnerable, you can't be tough. Or if I'm going to smile at people or if I'm going to let people engage with people who I don't know, I essentially have to let my wall down and not look like I'm unapproachable but you're kind of approachable which is kind of interesting I do this on the subway sometimes where I just like look around and see what's going on and smile (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's kind of weird you'll get some people just want to smile and you'll get people look at you and just a sense of like oh we're all here on this terrible subway (laughs) uh, experience it connects I think you connect a lot through pain Hmm. I think like Join pain connects people and subway is one <laughs> subway is one. It's, a, it's a huge pain yeah so I guess like transitioning over to we talked about being the tough person and then what that means essentially breaking that down to be vulnerable and that's really how you can still connect with yourself but the idea of why in a sense do we want to feel like we're tough like is it because we don't want to feel that vulnerability like we're putting a wall up what exactly I think we're in New York and a part of it is that we don't want to feel, I think I think most people don't want to feel vulnerable because there is that stigma that vulnerability is bad, right? 
And that couldn't be further from the truth. Vulnerability is how you actually become happy. There's no way for you to feel happiness if you don't allow yourself or open yourself up Mm. to feel happiness. And that comes from vulnerability. And I think one great, great book that if anybody is looking to really understand how vulnerability affects your life in a different way than you were taught, maybe when you were a kid, um, is Renee Brown. Greatly. Renee Brown, yes. Love her. PhD, very scientific. She's done um, so many studies on what she really finds. I'm going to condense her entire Mm -hmm. book for you if you don't have the time to read it, but do read it. There's a TED Talk also. Yes, there's a TED Talk. You you should watch it, Renee Brown. Um, And really what it means is like for you to be a joyful, happy, conscious person, and she's interviewed hundreds of thousands, like her team has like an incredible list of individuals that they've they've um they've actually interviewed then vulnerability is number one on the list so if you're not open then you don't feel yeah sure you may feel the the lows of vulnerability which means like sadness which may be Mm -hmm. good for you to feel right if you haven't felt sadness in a while but most importantly you feel joy so if you want to be a joyful person then vulnerability is key so why do we pull these put these walls up I think we have a stigma about being vulnerable, about sharing mm-hmm. your ideas, about sharing yourself with other people. Mm-hmm. And nowhere is that more apparent than in New York City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, along with that, the stigma of not being able, like being scared. Yeah. We're scared. I think it's like you're scared to yeah. show that you're vulnerable, and even you're... though you want it so much. Like yeah. we want to love, we want to have experiences with other people, and sometimes your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, scared why we all have yeah and then I think that we're also subliminally thought taught that being fear is wrong you're not supposed to feel fear you're supposed to be the the tough guy the hero and this Mm -hmm. is I mean even more so with men like you know we're two women right now talking I mean I'd love to hear the the male perspective on this but Mm -hmm. even just as a human being I hear messages every day that I'm not supposed to be fearful. I'm supposed to be this uh, tough, you know, boardroom woman who's like a career gal and don't give a fuck. And you're a briefcase, right? (laughs) My little briefcase uh, chilling around the city. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I'm fucking scared most of the time. I think fear is such a human emotion, especially when, especially if you're young, especially if you're going through changes, Mm -hmm. like fear is just part of life. And when we don't allow ourselves a vulnerability to know that we are in fear or scared of something, Mm -hmm. then we can't change the narrative that blocks us from engaging with other humans. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can't feel joy because, you know, if you have a block towards love or happiness, Mm -hmm. generally it's about fear, Mm -hmm. right? And that fear is, so how is that usually shown through? It's coupled with anxiety. Yes. So your fear whether rational or irrational is usually shows up within our patterns of anxiety. So that feeling that you get uh, maybe at the top of right by your belly or right below your, right by your collarbone. Like where do you I feel it? Like, I guess everybody's different, you know? Yeah. I think everybody's different, but I particularly feel it in my heart space Mm. because fear is closing now. Fear is closing up your heart because you're not trusting. And I think trust really comes from, you know, from 
for me, from my heart space, for other people, may be their roots or that mm-hmm. foundational, you know, I think it depends on what type of fear or anxiety you're having. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's anywhere between like my throat chakra down to like my belly. And that's kind of where I feel it. So I think that fear that is not addressed turns into anxiety yeah. really quickly. And anxiety comes in all shapes and forms. And some people have a little more anxiety seasoning than others seasoning yeah it's like a soup it's like a soup or a brine you know um it's like salt you get a little sprinkle here a little sprinkle there depending on your situation true or you get a lot and it's just in that pot boiling over Mm -hmm. um oh i like that one yeah give me some more food analogies oh god (laughs) we're hungry we're hungry um yeah, so it, fear that that is not addressed turns into anxiety, and I think you know you you hit the nail on the head. Anxiety comes in many different forms, and we in no way you know by talking about anxiety um, feel like we can give medical advice about it. Nah, we, we are not giving PhD, medical no. advice. But what we are saying is there are some ways um, that you can address anxiety, and you know mm-hmm. one of them is the root cause of fear of that disconnection about you know the fear of being vulnerable naturally creates anxiety because you're not connecting with others and mm-hmm. you, you know it it's creates like a little cycle in your head yeah and I think mm-hmm. you know even you know outside of this podcast I think Michelle you and I were talking about how you know anxiety all it is is your nervous system essentially thinking that there's like a lion out there and it's mm-hmm. about to get you and that's like you're in constant fear is yep. what anxiety is and then the like the cortisol hormone, your stress hormones are just released and excreted through your blood. And then you have all this extra cortisol, which I've heard makes you gain weight. No, thank you. No, I'm I trying to that. get that. No, <laughs> no, but I think, you know, with anxiety, it's, it's definitely something that one ha- also has a stigma to it. I mean, yeah. there's, there's the prevailing notion that most people have anxiety. I think, especially if you live in a big city like New York city, it mm-hmm. naturally makes you a little bit more aggravated because there's yep. so much out there that you have to take in. Like mm-hmm. your senses are just kind of overloaded Yeah, when you're in New York city. I think, you know, there, are, there are ways to find grounding. One is facing your fears head on and really addressing that and feeling that fear and feeling that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, but things that have helped me with anxiety, like specifically have been CBD. Mm. So I can't like, honestly, like CBD is a godsend because I have been having a lot of anxiety this year, much more than I've ever had. I think, I mean, there's been periods in my life where I have had anxiety, mm-hmm. but they're always triggered by specific events. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, the fear of the event, leads me to have anxiety for, you know, just constant uh, throughout that time. And it goes away. But this year I've been feeling just more anxious for like no particular reason. And I realized that. Which happens. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. happens. And a lot of people, you know. um, Like once you're more anxious, once you're anxious, it just kind of continues to build. It's not like something that it happens once. It kind of like grows on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that. You know, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to, you know, have a meditation practice that really, really helps me because anxiety is so, so mental. And unless we are kind of taking a little bit more control about the thoughts that we're having that naturally create fear within us and mm-hmm. then lead to the anxiety feeling in our bodies, um, it's, I, I think, 
meditation is, is helpful in that form, but I also think that, you know, CBD is really, really helpful. I've taken it when I have been anxious and I can tell you it immediately works. I need to get some of the CBD oil. Yeah, I've been, I've been. It's my, expensive though, I feel It like. is expensive if you get really good quality. Um, I think it's worth it. Mm. I microdose every day CBD mm. to kind of. What about just, just like, you know, taking a hit of a blunt? You can also smoke weed. We are endorsing. <laughs> gonna say, you know, I endorse. I would imagine that that helps. Personally, you me. I like another type of leaves, you know, <laughs> called tea leaves, tea, tea bag. You like a tea. <laughs> you like tea bags, Michelle. Yes. <laughs> to yeah. the face. Okay. <laughs> Kidding. It's it. This this podcast has taken a turn yeah. for. Sorry. Right, back to spirituality. That is spiritual, though. Connection. Mm. Hello. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so CBD has been really, really helpful. Um, also like mushrooms and I've been I've regular not, mushrooms. Well, mushrooms and also like, I've been taking not, not ma- well, magical mushrooms. That's a different okay, episode okay. that oh, we yeah. can completely talk okay. about. Okay. I was going to say, wait, I think everybody should have a magical shroom experience. Okay. But what I've been taking for anxiety is kind of uh, Chinese medicine uh-huh. and they're like mushrooms in general that they have for for their herbal Ooh. medicine and so it's been helping me with my let's like menstrual pain and also just like hmm. kind of anxiety and things like that what about like regular mushrooms like portobello mushrooms like grilled with some olive oil you're salt, just, pepper and garlic you're just hungry <laughs> <laughs> would that do the same effect i'm sure it'll make you feel very comforted so i think it'll have a a similar effect but not exactly not exactly <laughs> okay i've heard of reishi mushrooms Yes. I don't know what those are, but they're like on all health. Yeah. That is also like Chinese medicine, traditional. Ooh, and there's actually a kombucha that's reishi mushroom and like chocolate. And it's freaking delicious if you like kombucha. Ooh, I want that. It's called like, yeah, anyway, back to (laughs) to anxiety. Um, So yeah, I I think um, there's also the stigma of, you know, well, one, we we already talked about how, you know, fear that's not addressed turns into anxiety. Mm -hmm. Things, I mean, the things that I do personally to combat anxiety, Mm -hmm. and Michelle, I'd love to hear some of yours, but, you know, I think... all in all, there's also a stigma to having anxiety. Like, yeah. you should be tougher. Like, why are you stressing out? Like, you can't handle all this shit? Like, type of... Exactly. And speaking from experience, because I know in my family, well, in my family particularly, it's like, oh, you you can't handle it? Like, what's wrong with you? you I've handled it. I know how to handle yeah, it. Like, like why can't be... you handle it? Don't don't be a little... Well, in my family, don't be a little bitch. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. The super derogatory towards I know, women. it's... But this is why we have to uplift ourselves. This is why we're having this podcast. <laughs> but no, it's true. You know, I've been told like, oh, why would you get therapy? Therapy is not, you, you're not crazy. You don't need therapy, which is like such the such a terrible thing to tell somebody. Everybody should get therapy. Everybody, should, if you have the opportunity to just have someone to talk to that you can um, tell your problems or tell your situations without them passing judgment and without them being connected to you in any sort of way. It's, I would imagine, incredible. I mean, think about it. Just like, you know, I I find a lot of healing in just writing out my problems. Mm -hmm. Other people are not writers. But what about telling someone what's on your mind? Because we we just mentioned it. Anxiety feels, it starts very mental. Like fear is mental. 
you know, it is all in your mind in a way, but your mind is energy and it, then it goes into your body. Mm-hmm. Then you start feeling it in your nervous system and that's yep. anxiety. Then you start getting pain somewhere or mm-hmm. whatever. And that stress and your anxiety, yeah. you're starting to clench your, the top of your shoulders. And yeah. Then you have your shoulders pain. get all achy yeah. and, you know, <clears throat> we have to be aware of the energy that we put forth with our thoughts um, that then turn into you know, our body's emotions and our body's pains and our body's, you know, just our body in general. And not uh, making people feel bad, uh, not shaming people for wanting help with their anxiety or wanting help with um, situations. This is what we're here for. And, um, you know, as a kid, I used to think like, oh, well, you know, when I have kids, I'm going to be really tough on them and make sure that they can handle all their um, problems and not have to look elsewhere for help that's not the way to go. You know, if people are in need of help and in any sort of help or just comfort, we need to be there for one another. Yeah. I think this toughness and, you know, we started off the podcast talking about tough guys. Yeah. Right. We're just like, Oh, but just to bring it in, like tough guy, tough gal, like that stigma about anxiety, like, Oh, why can't you handle this? Just handle it. Don't be a bitch, whatever. Uh I think that stigma play also plays into, um, just, uh, the feeling of you have to control everything or you have you, to be like you have to control everything but that it's about you alone yeah and mm-hmm. we are not we are not lonely creatures like we're not we're not solo travelers i mean we are you know genetically speaking the only reason that human beings have survived is through community mm-hmm. and when you take the community away and you tell someone that they need to just be one in themselves and deal with their own yes. shit you're completely just negating them as a human being. Now you're saying they're not even going human. against nature. Yeah, you're going against nature, and it, you're really what you're doing is cementing that they will they they will not proceed. Like, you know that they they will not feel connected. That they will feel that fear and that mm-hmm. anxiety for the rest of their lives when you kind of uh, have that stigma. And it's unfortunate. I think the stigma is in a lot of. Um, our culture because this capitalistic society mm-hmm. wants you to just handle it, take care of it, um, just, you know, be be the man of the family, and, be the woman of the family. And be able to say like, yeah, I built all of this on my own. I was the queen of my kingdom or the king of my kingdom and I did all of this. I ain't need nobody's help. I'm such, you know. Yeah. Nothing is achieved alone. No, of course not. Nothing is achieved alone. The only reason you have a chair to sit on is because someone designed it who was not you. Ooh. Someone created it who was not you. Mm-hmm. Fabrics were, you know, from another place were gathered and that was not by you. So the only That's reason right. you have a chair is because of other people. A cup because of other people. Your entire life is because of other people. A woman. You was mm-hmm. in a, a woman. A woman in particular. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, reaching out for help specifically with, with anxiety and fear and having a place to talk about it is human. Yeah. And, you know, you'd be so surprised. Um, uh, not too long ago, I was kind of feeling like a little bit alone with some of just things that were going on in life. And it's so easy to just, well, I guess for me, it's, it was easy for me to just be like, well, these are my issues and these are my problems. Like nobody wants to hear about my issues. Let me just take pride in being able to take, to stride on with my issues and like make it through. And I still got this. Like I got this. I don't need nobody's help. But it's really nice to have other people's help. And it was very comforting to know that people were there willing to, to lend a, an ear or a shoulder without anything in return. Yeah. And 
sometimes we forget about that. And it's like, you know, if you ask, if you ask for help, the universe or people or friends or family or anybody, people will listen. How many times I meet strangers in the street and they, for some reason I get like the universe sends those people to me. And then I'm just like talking to them for 20 minutes and I'm like, I know about their whole life, but you know what? I love it. So maybe that's why I get those. The whole point is that there's always help out there if, if you ask for it. Yeah. There is always help. And I think, you know, it, it also starts with us. I mean, just sometimes we think that just verbalizing I need help is the the most courageous thing to do. But really the most courageous, the step one of courage and of healing and of, of really, you know, tackling that anxiety and dealing with that anxiety and actually erasing it is knowing it within yourself that you need help and having a call. I mean, I think that, like we said before, all thoughts carry vibration and they go somewhere. Your your vibration of help mm. also goes somewhere. So, so just you know, sitting with yourself, feeling that feeling that you do need some support, is also kind of step one. Recognizing it, yeah, and not just going on like, oh, you know, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> no, that's a great point. Yeah. So I think um, in terms of anxiety fear, those things are natural and they're human. And I think the best way to handle them is, you know, to really hone in on one yourself and the stigma that you may have around it. Because I know that I had a huge stigma around help and I still do. Yes. I can't, I cannot, you know, get on this podcast and claim that somehow I've eradicated fear. No and anxiety from my life when I, I truly have it. And I think that's why speaking about it is shouldn't be taboo and shouldn't be something that you hold off from your yeah. friends. If you have friends and you guys don't talk about your fears and your anxieties, and I'm sorry, but like you guys are not tapping into a level of friendship that you yes. could have where you could feel very connected. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you feel disconnected from your friends, maybe it's time to, you know, open up the conversation mm-hmm. into that and say, hey, what are you scared of? Because maybe we're scared of the same thing and maybe we can tackle it together and maybe that can be the foundation mm-hmm. of our, our friendship that we allow each other to face our fears um, together. So we're yeah. not, a, we don't feel alone while we're doing it. You guys um, help each other with tactics and other um, tidbits of what they do to help. Yeah, everybody like, has wisdom and everybody's different. And, you know, the way that I tackle anxiety with CBD and, and Chinese medicine may not be for you. Um, you know, I have had times where I've gone to therapy. I, I haven't been consistent with therapy throughout my life, but therapy has been helpful, mm-hmm. particularly with very strong events that have happened and have mm-hmm. led me to kind of feel like question yeah. my life. Um, so therapy in itself <laughs> is just a gift, you know, whether you go to a therapist and they hear you or you go to Michelle cause you found her on the train <laughs> and she had the vibe. She had those vibes. Like that looks like a bitch that'll listen to me. <laughs> Come sit next to me. It's okay. I'm here for your issues. But you need to release, you know, release is such a high vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, repression and repressing things is oh, a very low so vibration. Oh yeah. It's so bad. So I think you need to align. We need to align ourselves. All of us, let's make a pact. <laughs> let's just, you know. Pinky swear. Pinky swear? Hell yeah. Hey. Yeah, we're pinky swearing. Yeah, right we, were, we were. Ouch, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I have a very strong pinky. <laughs> a strong pinky hold you got there. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, make a pact that, you know, we, we will face our fears together and we will. Seek out help. 
from others and our friends and not keep things in the inside, not yeah. not hold them in. Write yeah. them down first too. Yeah, that's release as well. Oh, it feels good, especially when you write it down and you tell somebody else. And then you, mm-hmm. have you ever, really, well, you were actually just doing that, but um, before when we were not on the podcast, Yerimi was reading her journal previously. I'm oh, like, yeah. you just walk outside with your personal journal. I that's do. Cute. I'm, I'm, all, I'm actually, one of my fears is that I will lose it. <laughs> No, I'm like, hopefully you have your name on it. Someone will find it and will know all my shit. But I guess that's okay. Since, yeah. Since we've made a pact to share what we're scared of. Exactly. And going back, well, the reason why I brought it up is to go back and read it. And then you say like, wow, I, you know, at that point in my life, I was able to just be at that moment. And I felt like that was the end or I felt like, you know, helpless. And then to see how far you've come across is, is good. It's like a story. Yeah. We all want the hero in our story, the yeah. heroine. What is it called? Homer's something? The Odyssey. There you show. go. <laughs> it is required reading in all colleges. You must have read the spark notes. True. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think, I mean, for, for me, things that help have been always meditation, talking to people, CBD, Chinese medicine. Ooh. Um, also with fear, like straight up, just like being like a child, we completely oh, forgot yes, to hit forgot this note, yes. but being like a child, my little sister who is eight years old and is a bad bitch. All right. <laughs> eight, year, eight, eight year old, just <laughs> running around, taking names. She's amazing. And I think what makes her really amazing is the way that she approaches fear and being like a child in that she doesn't even fucking think about it. She's so much spirit mm. and so little mind. Oh, I love that. And that is how you want to be. If you want to walk around fearless, and I try this every day, you know, I try to live like my sister. I've, I've written about this. Like, she's just so inspiring. I try to be like a, ch- a child and just go into things with more spirit and mm. more of my whole body and self and less of my mental. And in that way, when I have to make a very scary jump, I think with my body and my spirit and just a little tiny bit with my mind. I don't think mm. you need your mind for everything. I think, you know, it, it serves a purpose, but I think we are higher beings than our mind mm. uh, would have us think. And I think your gut, that's the second brain, they say. Yeah. Looks yeah. like a brain. Uh, yeah. Looks, it does. It does. It does. Yeah. It's, connect- it's, the it's connected to your brain, actually. Yeah, and it sends signals up there. So, um, drink but yeah, kombucha. Drink, drink that kombucha, guys. Um, but being like a child and think, no, don't think, feel. Oh, feel, feel all the feels. Feel all the feels. Be more of spirit, <laughs> less of mind. And I think when you come to a fearful decision, which hey, I'm about to make a, I'm making a very fearful. Well, I was fearful. I, I kind of feel, you know, I took my own advice of being like a child, and essentially I felt more with spirit and I made that leap and I'll talk more about it in another podcast, but I don't feel that fear anymore. Right? That, the anxiety is gone. And I, I mean, you see me today, <clears throat> Michelle saw mm-hmm. me last night. I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I was like, girl, you need to relax. Take it easy. I was playing, <laughs> Take some, a chill pill. <laughs> playing some Janis Joplin for you. Just relax. Yeah. We were on Skype and she was cutting her jeans and doing fucking DIY. <laughs> I've got these cool jeans on right now. Yeah. Hey. Got it, girl. Um, 
So yeah, Uranus advice to anyone with fear and anxiety is be more like a child, be more spirit, less of mind. Mm-hmm. And if that feels like an, an otherworldly advice for you, then I would say start with the fear. Start small. Yeah. Do something that makes you feel good, like eat a cookie. Because it, it provides dopamine and <laughs> it feel good feelings to the brain. And then you're just like in a good mood and then maybe you can make I, better decisions. I love that your advice always involves food. food. <laughs> always. That for the rest of my life, I think actually every piece of advice I yeah, ever give is like, this is a Michelle. Yeah, this is Michelle. Be one with spirit and have a cake. <laughs> Don't worry, you can have that cupcake and, you know, your happiness as well. You know, it's just little, it's the little things that help. I just, you know. Just passing the wisdom on. Oh, uh, yeah. Age-old wisdom. Cool. So in closing. Guys, this was, I felt really good about this podcast. It made me feel good. Made very, me hungry, Very really. zen. Oh, yeah, and hungry. So, you know, we just want to close off here by saying that this podcast, we kind of talked about, like, what it is, why in New York City, we have this tendency to want to always be tough. And how do we peel back the layers a little bit and see that you're this tender little soul, tender soul that needs care and love. And sometimes that care and love, well, no, always that care and love is neat, is necessary and does not need to be shamed by the feelings of fear, ego, or um, any outside influence. You need to honor it. and. Let that fear go. The fear is okay. It's always going to be there. It's yeah. kind of like something that anchors us. So that you know that you have not reached the next step yet. It's like, oh, this is an, something new. Something new. Uh-oh. But like always those new things kind of lead to better things or a new you or a new lesson. So that's always like a transition is like you're about to enter level five, level six. I like the video, video game analogy. Yeah, right? I'm down with that. Thank you. I love video games. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Love and light. Yes. <laughs>